Welcome back to Marvel Maniac and MCU After Show. This is Eric Cicada, a.k.a. Mr. Honest, your host. It is insanely exciting to be talking to you about the Avengers. Yes, we are assembling here today to talk about the hypest hype of superhero movies. Um, I've never use the phrase hype is hype and i'm not stopping this train i am too hype to to stop pause and, and uh restart that phrasing uh <laughs> there was so much hype surrounding this movie when it came out uh i knew it was coming for years when it did come out uh, because you know iron man at the end of that post credit scene nick fury did bring up the avengers initiative right um everyone knew avengers was hinted Iron Man stood on his own for a while, and in my eyes, the idea of a superhero team-up on screen like this, where other superheroes from other films came together to fight a greater threat, seemed impossible. Many felt the same. This was the biggest, baddest, most awesome movie-going experience I had up to date, and I couldn't be more excited to talk about it here with you today on Marvel Maniac, an MCU after show. Now, uh, as many of our listeners know, we are here doing an MCU Phase 1 rewatch, so if you haven't heard, we've started at Iron Man. We did Iron Man 2, Thor, Captain America. We're here at the Avengers going right into Loki this Wednesday. So this this, uh, upcoming Wednesday, we will be covering the premiere of Loki. We couldn't be more excited, and uh, we did it for a specific reason. Um, Loki should take similar place to uh, the Avengers. So, um, like the Loki leaving uh, the Avengers uh, alternate timeline Loki should similarly be that Loki in uh, the show. If I'm wrong, and if they Marvel does one of their little Marvel tricks and uh, plays it on us where, in reality, uh, Loki's not really dead or something, which I said like a trillion times, I pretty much called it anyway. Uh, <laughs> I mean, am I wrong? I pretty much said that like five times already. Anyway, this is going to be the longest episode of Marvel Maniac, which you've already probably seen. I'm um, saying it off the, off the gate. Um, the Tesseract has awakened. It is on a little world, a human world. They wield its power. This is uh, one of the Chitauri uh, leaders, or generals. But our ally knows. I highlighted ally. Now, this is the vaguest, earliest reference to Thanos we're ever going to get. Um, our ally knows its workings, as they never will. He is ready to lead. You know what? I'm realizing now this is just, <laughs> just talking about Loki. I'm pretty sure... But I'm pretty sure they do reference Thanos earlier. And our force, our Shatari, will follow. Uh, a world will be his. The universe will be yours. And the humans, what more can they do but burn? See, that that's the line that gets me. The world will be his, Loki's. Uh, the universe will be yours, Thanos. And the humans... What more could they? Uh, what more can they do but burn? So they, I, I believe that is the Shatari leader reporting to Thanos, like at the end, at the post-credit scene. A helicopter flies over a mountain at dusk. Beyond this mountain is a hidden facility. It's a shield facility. It's being evacuated. Uh, right off the start, of this movie is at seventy miles an hour. 
Coulson greets Fury and Agent Hill getting off the helicopter. Um, how bad is it? Uh, they take the elevator deep down into the base. Uh, Coulson lets Fury know that the Tesseract is causing energy surges and that it's happening on its own. Fury tells Coulson to get people out faster. Uh, I need you I need you to make sure that Phase 2 prototypes are shipped out. Uh, Fury says, now I wonder if that was a reference to like if Phase 2 will ever happen in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, <laughs> like in the script, like I need you to make sure Phase 2 prototypes are ever shipped out. Fury approaches Selvig. Uh, Selvig lets Fury know. Eric Selvig from Thor, who we just got to know, lets Fury know that the Tesseract isn't only active. It has a mind of its own. It's behaving. Uh, Fury wants him to pull the plug, but Selvig says to turn it back on. We prepared for this, Doctor. Harnessing energy from space. Uh, Selvig lets them know that they don't even have a harness, and he also notes that it's putting out radiation as well on top of it. Fury requests that Hawkeye uh, come out, uh, who's perched in the rafters. Hawkeye lets them know that he hasn't seen anything that could have set this thing off. He said if there's any tampering, it wasn't on his end. Not by his end, it means their end, and the cube is a doorway, and doors open from both sides. Uh, that This is a great... Great speculation on Clint's end, except for that exact moment, the cube starts to rotate, meaning the doors are knocking. A huge beam emits from the Tesseract and creates a portal from space. Not a huge one, uh, just just, just uh, about uh, about a doorway size, a little bit bigger. Loki appears with a grin, uh, grin on his face, and the scepter in hand. Uh, Fury says, sir, please put the spear down. Loki looks so menacing here. As evil as he's ever looked, I'd say. Uh, with this big smile on his face. He looks at the spear and back at them. He fires a bolt of energy at them, which knocks Fury back. Loki prowls on a soldier and stamps him with the spear. He then throws knives in the throats of the two others. Energy from the spear rebounds bullets that go back to the soldiers that shot them. He flings another agent against the wall. Oh my gosh. Action, action, action. Hawkeye runs into Loki. You have a heart. Loki sticks the spear in his heart and um, Hawkeye's eyes turned like blue gray i'd say I, I wanted to say blue but it wasn't like thor um ice the ice giant blue so i'd say more gray you know fury is doing his best to get the tesseract in a suitcase as loki is kind of wreaking havoc on the people um what can fury do but kind of get the tesseract away from this monster and this attack um, Loki says, please don't. I still need that. I've come uh, too far for anything else. And I am Loki, the god of Asgard. I am burdened with glorious purpose. Selvik says, Loki, brother of Thor. Like, he's kind of trying to, to like, let him know that he knows uh, I know your people. I'm a, I'm, I'm a friend of your brother. We have no quarrel with your people, uh, Fury says. And Ant has no quarrel with a boot. Fury asks to that, are you going to plan on stepping us? Loki says, I come with glad tidings of a world made free. Free from what? Fury says, freedom. Freedom is life's great lie. Once you accept that, then your heart will know peace. As he says this, he uses the spear on Selvig and takes over his mind as well. Loki is so cynical in this movie. And, and um, 
he does so many unredeemable things that I, I forget that how they un, how they redeem him almost. You say peace, I think you mean the other thing. If you're Fury, Nick Fury, Samuel Jackson, so good in this. Hawkeye warns Loki that Fury is stalling and that the facility is about to collapse. Hawkeye escorts Loki and Selvig through the shield facility up to Maria Hill at the entrance. They get to a, a car and almost get away with it until Fury radios in and Barton fires at, uh, at her. They pull away in the SUV and Loki on the back firing bolts from his staff, secretly causing the mine, uh, secretly casing the Mind Stone. They go on a chase down a tunnel in which Hill um, chases Hawkeye's entourage of Loki and Selvig. Um, Barton spins the vehicle. Uh, the facility explodes. Shockwave's rippling uh, everything. You think Fury is like in trouble, but of course Nick Fury isn't going to die. Um, the, the, this huge cave-in, um, the facility's like it's pretty much like a Grand Canyon at this point. Um, Barton just makes it out with Loki and Selvig um, of the tunnel. Fury takes shots from the helicopter, and Loki takes the chopper out with a blast from his spear. Fury dives out of the chopper, trying to take more shots at Loki, but he gets away. And if he didn't, I mean, what would happen here? Uh, Coulson, Director Fury, do you copy? Uh, the Tesseract is with a hostile force, and this is a level 7. As of right now, we are at war. Coulson asks, what do we do? Marvels, the Avengers. <laughs> chills. Straight chills. Straight chills. Jeez. <laughs> um, okay, as a Marvel maniac right now, um, let me just... as. Eric Cicada, a.k.a. Mr. Honest, which I don't think I even did in the intro because, like, this is a different episode for me. This movie covering this is uh, the craziest thing I've ever done. Um, this is the longest... This is this is intricate. Um, and I'm enjoying it a lot. And I don't know if this is going to be like an audiobook <laughs> or whatever it is. I hope you enjoy it. And um, let's just see how this goes. In a dimly lit abandoned warehouse, Black Widow we're learning a lot of Black Widow stuff. I mean, we're retreading a lot of Black Widow stuff before the movie here too. Uh, in this, in this uh, MCU Phase One rewatch, Black Widow is tied to a chair in a black dress in front of a bunch of Russian thugs and a Russian military general. It seems they are asking her who she's working for. They are reflected in a mirror that's surrounded by a large painted uh, arsenal of wep- large paintings and arsenal of weapons. The famous Black Widow. Uh, they're, they're speaking Russian, and she turns out to be just another pretty face. He starts to pick up torture weapons, and then a phone call comes in on one of the thug's phones. You can hear Coulson uh, tell the military general thug, that, slash thug, that he, uh, his exact location, and that he can level the whole place if he doesn't put Natasha on the phone. Coulson tells Widow he needs her to come in. She says this moron is giving her everything right now. <laughs> then Coulson uh, tells, tells her Barton's been compromised. Then she says, let me put you on hold. She kicks, headbutts, crushes feet, flips through the air, gets out, <laughs> gets out of uh, the chair, spring kicks a guard, then chains up the general. All in about 10 seconds. Coulson tells Nat he needs her to get the big guy. And uh, she, she says, uh, no, I, I got to, Tony doesn't want anything to do with me. And she's like, no, 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 I mean the big guy. Uh, so we cut to India, a market in India. The streets are very busy, they're bustling. 
A young girl visits Bruce Banner, who tells him her father is very sick and offers him money to come look at uh, him. It's Mark, Ruff- it's Mark Ruffalo, who it's not, who's not Edward Norton, who I didn't watch the uh, OG Hulk since it came out over 10 years ago. Don't, don't hate me. It's the one MCU film I haven't rewatched. Let's talk about it another day. I like Mar- Mark Ruffalo's Hulk a lot. She leads him to a shack, and when she gets in, she jumps out of a window. And uh, he says to himself something like, um, I should take money up front. Natasha comes out of the shadows. She tells Bruce he picked a hell of a spot to lay low for avoiding stress. Uh, he tells her that avoiding stress isn't the secret. She tells him that Nick Fury needs him, and he asks, what if he says no? She tells him that she'll make him. Hmm. What if the other guy says no? He kind of, like, threatens back. Uh, she shows him the Tesseract and explains that it's been taken, like a picture of the Tesseract, not the actual Tesseract, and uh, he needs to help find it. It emits a gamma signature that's too weak for them to trace, and there's no one that knows gamma radiation like Bruce. Bruce asks if Nick really wants him in a cage, and Nat says to just ask him. And Bruce screams, like, extremely loud, stop lying to me. He just wanted to see what she was going to do. Why don't we do this the easy way where you don't do that and the other guy doesn't make a mess? She puts her gun down, and 20 soldiers put their guns down outside the tent. Bruce says, just you and me. Fury to a board of uh, the U.S. like leaders or council people or whatever. Uh, Fury is filling them in on what's going on. They want to go on with phase two, which I assume is the giant missile or whatever of some sorts. Fury said, uh, says that they need a response team. They tell him the Avengers initiative was shut down. You're going to leave the fate of a hum- the human race to a handful of freaks, they ask him. Uh, you know, Nick Fury is just doing the best he can to get his hands over this extraterrestrial situation here. Uh, these people doubt him so much. Uh, I'm not leaving anything to anyone. We need a response team. These people may be isolated, unbalanced, even, but uh, with the right push, they can be exactly what we need. War isn't won by sentiment, director, says kind of the main guy. No, it's won by soldiers. And then we got Steve Rogers aggressively punching a punching bag. Um, we got images of, like, war flashing with every punch. Captain America uh, putting, like, the plane in the water from the first movie. Uh, we, see a little, we see a flash of Peggy. He punches the bag off the chain, and he grabs another bag from a row of bags. He He's just used to breaking these things. Like the the shield or wherever he's standing is, is just stock, stocked up on these for him. Like they must have a whole room of punching bags for Captain America. A whole, a whole backup room because he busts them every, like, however many punches. Fury approaches. Trouble sleeping, he asks. Uh, I've been... So I've slept for 70 years, sir. I think I've had my fill. When I went under, the world was at war. I wake up, and they say we won. They didn't say what we lost. We made some mistakes along the way, some very recently, um, Fury tells Steve. And Steve asks what Fury is here with and if it's a mission. Nick shows Steve a file with the Tesseract. He lets him know Howard fished it out of the ocean when he was looking for looking for him. He thought the Tesseract could be the key to unlimited sustainable energy. 
That's something the world sorely needs. Uh, Steve asks who took it from him. Nick tells Steve about Loki, and the world has gotten stranger than he already knows. Steve says he doubts anything would surprise him at this point. Nick asks Steve if there's anything he should know about the Tesseract, um, and Steve just says he should have left it in the ocean. Iron Man is repairing a pipe under uh, water with a beam on his palm. Uh, I remember feeling really anxious to see Tony in the movie. I'm wondering what he was up to. Uh, I'm biggest fan of Iron Man of all of them at the time, especially. Uh, so, um, yeah, Iron Man flies from the ocean and takes off towards the city. Uh, the lights are off in, in nighttime New York City. Uh, the whole city is dark. He tells Pepper that the Stark Tower is about to become a beacon of self-sustaining energy. Something we just heard comes back into play a little bit later. He tells Pepper to light her up. The whole city leading up to Stark Tower lights up. It looks fantastic, beautiful. How does it look? Uh, uh, says Pepper, like a Christmas, like Christmas, but with more me. Very Tony thing to say. Iron Man lands on top of Stark Tower. Jarvis lets Tony know that Coulson is here to see him. I'm out. <laughs> Tony's suit is being disassembled on the runway that he lands on, on top of Stark Tower, walking from the outside. As we say uh, in the last few episodes, Iron Man episodes, his tech is just getting more advanced every movie. It's just great to see that in this movie. Like He's got an awesome runway he lands on in his own building, uh, and then his suit just gets disassembled as he walks on it. Um, very cool. Very fancy. And... Um, comes into play later in the movie as well. Tony tells Jarvis he can't talk to a persistent Coulson because he has a date. Tony uh, Tony says all of this um, Stark Tower came from you to Pepper. They share wine and Tony tells her that the next building will say pots on the tower. Coulson enters and Pepper calls him Phil like by, by his first name and, uh, <laughs> and Tony's like his first name is Agent... <laughs> <laughs> I just somehow like they just make Coulson such a great well-rounded character in the small time he is in the MCU and it's so understandable why there was a demand to have more of him on a show like Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, well done well done uh, Pepper asks if this is about the Avengers which she knows nothing about <laughs> Tony says he thought the Avengers initiative was scrapped and he didn't even qualify because he's volatile, self-obsessed, and play, doesn't play well with others. <laughs> Coulson uh, hands Tony a file, and he opens it up as holograms uh, open up over the room. It's Hulk, Cap, and Thor, all in the middle of separate mayhem. Cap is frozen. Uh, it's like a glimpse. I, I, I paused it. Uh, like Col a Hulk is like destroying a truck. Um, Thor is like, fighting, I think, maybe the thing he was fighting on Earth, like, in his movie. Pepper tells Tony to take the jet to, to, to D.C. She also, like, tonight, like, <laughs> this looks serious. She also whispers something in his ear. Um, like, what she'll do for him later, like, if he goes. <laughs> Tony picks, uh, picks up and looks at the hologram of the Tesseract. Meanwhile, a jet zooms over the ocean's surface at a low level. Cap is aboard with Coulson. Uh, Cap is curious about Banner uh, trying to copy the super serum that was used on him. And Coulson explains that many people have tried to replicate that serum. And Banner thought that gamma radiation was the key to unlocking Erskine's original formula. Didn't really go his way, did it though, uh, Cap asked. 
guys like Stephen Hawking. Uh, Coulson doesn't realize that Cap won't get that reference. Uh, um, it's a huge honor to have you aboard. Coulson lets Cap know, and Cap uh, hopes he's the man for the job. Coulson lets Cap know that uh, lets Cap know that he's made some medic. You know, I uh, said medications, uh, modifications to the uniform. Coulson had some design input, and uh, Steve asked if the stars and stripes are a little old fashioned. Good lord, uh, Marvel fans, we want them in. Don't we want them in uniform? I think some fans have agreed that this uniform is a little cheesy, but I love it. I'm okay with it. I'm happy it's there. Coulson, with everything that uh, says, with everything that's happening and things uh, that are about to come to light. People might just need a little old-fashioned. Selvig is working in a lab with many soldiers and scientists surrounding him. Loki is sitting in a dimly lit chamber with his scepter behind uh, watching. The Chitauri leader tells Loki that the Chitauri go, uh, grow reckless. Loki tells him that he will lead them into glorious battles. So, like, he kind of, like, enters their world. Um, he closes his eyes and enters their world, like, meditates into their world. Very cool. Against the meager might of Earth. Uh, man, these guys really don't like Earth. They don't. They really underestimate Earth big time. Every, well, it's, that's kind of the theme of the movie. Glorious, not lengthy, if your force is formidable, is as formidable as you claim. You question us, you question him. Now this is big. He who put the scepter in your hand, who gave you ancient knowledge and new purpose when you were cast out and defeated, is what the Chitauri leader is saying to Loki. And Loki says he's a king, he's the rightful king of Asgard, and the Chitauri leader, leader throws it back at, uh, that his ambition is little and he's born of childish need. They look beyond the earth to greater worlds, which the Tesseract will unveil. And Loki goes, you don't have the Tesseract yet, very quickly. And the leader just rushes over to Loki. And uh, Loki goes, until I open the doors, until your force is mine to command your words are but those they're just words um, you will have your war as guardian but if you fail if the tesseract is kept from us there will be no realm no barren mood no crevice where he no barren moon or no crevice where he cannot find you is this Thanos? Yes, it is. Uh, that's, my, that's my thinking. Uh, well, he, he will make you long for something sweet as pain. It's a very modern line, um, but I got it in the subtitles. The um, Shatari leader. He touches Loki's head from behind and bumps him back to Earth, the Earth reality. And Loki is in the facility again. Coulson's jet approaches an aircraft carrier. The runway has a shield logo on it. Coulson introduces... Black Widow and Captain America. Nat lets Cap know how big of a buzz it was finding him in the ice around Shield, and she thought Coulson was going to swoon. And she asked Cap if he found, uh, or Coulson showed him the trading cards. And uh, Cap asked what trading cards, and she says, "Oh, he has these vintage trading cards, and he's very proud of them." And that is just adorable. Bruce is wearily walking around the Quinjet when Cap and Nat approach him. Cap tells Bruce that he hears that he can find the cube. He's the man for the job. Bruce asks if that's the only word he's heard, and Steve says that's the only word he cares about. 
the ship starts to slowly move and Bruce and Steve, they both think that it's like a submarine. Obviously, we know what this is as Marvel fans. I mean, if you haven't seen the movie, um, I should probably tell you at this point, since I haven't really spoiled anything from future Marvel movies, um, 20 minutes into the episode, we may or may not uh, indulge ourselves in talking about the rest of the MCU going forward. Um, I don't know if that matters to you or not we are probably we will probably talk about endgame things and uh not too much of it since this is a dense movie um we're going over it and just reflecting on it in anticipation of loki but um brace yourselves for some minor to major spoilers for the future of the mcu in this episode if you're just watching it as an after show for avengers on your first viewing um be warned there may there may be some spoilers for future MCU films to come, and I don't want to spoil that for you. And you may want to pause it here and just come back later. Uh, I, I do I do warn now. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. And you may be mad at me in retrospect later when you come back and see there wasn't that many, but I'd rather put it out there wearily than not at all. Cap looks in astonishment as the Quinjet goes up. Uh, Fury is at the helm of the ship. And he tells, uh, he tells Hill, let's vanish. And the ship goes into literal stealth mode. Um, I always thought this was pretty cool. Pretty cool. I mean, this is definitely something S.H.I.E.L.D. should be capable of, if anything, right? Um, even, <laughs> I mean, if anything. Steve uh, walks into the uh, cockpit and uh, he gives Fury a $10 bill. Um, I don't know what kind of joke this is. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what Steve is. Like, is this like Steve's attempt at humor? Uh, he, he, he thanks Bruce for coming. And uh, he says thanks for asking nicely and when he can go. When they find the Tesseract is what uh, Fury tells Bruce Banner when they find the Tesseract. So, like, they are holding Bruce against his will on the the nicest way possible. And Bruce knows this. And he's just, ah, he's, he's being as kind as he can about it. Colson says that they're sweeping every camera on the planet looking for this thing. Um, if it's if it's if it's out there, they're they're going to do their best to find it. Bruce says to narrow the field and to look for gamma rays. Romanoff leads Banner to his quarters. Selvik, and then meanwhile, we're with Selvik, Hawkeye, and Loki. Um, Selvik asks Hawkeye where he found all these people. Meaning, like in these quarters, there's soldiers and um, tons of just. They've massed like basically a small army, uh, Selvig, Loki, and Hawkeye. Hawkeye tells Selvig that Shield has no shortage of enemies, so Hawkeye has all this information in his brain. And since he's manipulated by Loki, he just is able to give it, give it to them, and uh, manipulate them over to Loki's side. And I'm sure those guys didn't take much convincing, right? And Doctor Selvig tells Hawkeye that he needs iridium. Loki approaches. Selvig tells him that the Tesseract has shown him so much. It's more knowledge than truth. The look on his face, oh my God. The actor here uh, who plays Dr. Selvig, Stellan Skarsgård, I have to give him the credit. He's fantastic. Uh, The the eyes. You know him in Thor. He's completely playing this crazy, um, like Tesseract-minded Selvig, completely different. And... He is completely swept up, and this this genius brain of the sci- of the doctor being swept up in the tesseract. Um, it's it's so much for him. So uh, Loki asks Barton what it's shown him, and he tells him his next target. 
and Loki tells him, tell me what you need. He says, I need a distraction and an eyeball, Barton says. Uh, Coulson and Steve stands together. They stand together. Uh, he's asking him to sign his vintage Captain America trading cards. <laughs> so, yeah, when they get to the topic eventually, uh, is, I, do, I, I don't... In, in retrospect of everything that happens, if you've seen the movie before, until unless it's your first time watching, this is adorable and endearing and nothing but. And, and it, does, it does nothing but give me the chills, okay? Um, a hit comes up on the computer. They find Loki in Germany. They see him on a screen. Fury tell Camp he's up. I'm, I'm skipping words. Fury tells Cap he's up. We are at a very fancy red carpet event. Uh, they gather at a huge in a huge lobby. Now I want to go. You know I really love what Iron Man says at the end, towards the end of the movie. Loki's a diva. Um, that was just the opening event. This is the grand finale. I love that in terms of what this movie kind of is. Uh, it's it, it it is a grand show. It is a great show. Um, there's an opening event. There's a grand finale. Um, this movie is a freaking big old grand out all out event and uh this is kind of like the opening event where we get to see the players come one by one on the battlefield uh and this is cap cap gets to show up uh steve enters a dimly lit room to find his new stars and stripes suit waiting for him in an illuminated glass Guards are getting hit uh, outside of a facility named Schaefer by arrows. Now, this is all like happening simultaneously, obviously different locations. At that facility, Hawkeye is breaking into this building. They rig the door. Back at the event, Loki walks over to the room and ascends a marble staircase with his scepter. He slams a security guard with it, grabs the man who's speaking at the event, and puts a device onto the man's face right on his eyeball. So I guess Hawkeye directly did need an eyeball. He's getting a copy of the eyeball so Clint can open a safe on the other end at the Schaefer building with it. A metal door slides open and Hawkeye takes the device within. Wow. Um, I love this little heist. Almost when... I was watching the movie for the first time. It didn't even really matter what they were doing. It was just kind of see, cool to see Loki walking uh, and being really cool. Uh, and I, I, I almost like the, all the facts of the Iridium and what they needed it for, kind of irrelevant. Loki was just walking and being being a badass. Uh, people flee as Loki strolls through the room, changing from the fancy suit he's wearing to the signature golden green look of the movie. Oh my gosh! Now. I think Loki looks great in this. I don't know how similar it is to the last one, if not exactly the same. I mean, as in Thor. Uh, but I feel like he looks wonderful in this movie. If, if they didn't upgrade his, his look, he looks he looks popping on screen. Loki advances uh, as his scepter illuminates, and he walks out the front door down the red carpet. Um, Diva, as, as Tony says. People flee from him as he walks out into the street. And a police car approaches, uh, but he demolishes it. He blasts uh, from the scepter. The scepter just booms it out of the way. He teleports to the middle of the crowd and tells them to kneel before him. And the people don't listen until four holograms surround the crowd until they submit and kneel. Because uh, he yells at them to kneel, right? Loki is a... We're getting the meanest, nastiest version of Loki, on my, in my opinion. Right before we go into the show, uh, this, this is the guy we're getting right before... This is the version... We're getting the nastiest, angriest version right before we go into the show. That's the guy we're getting in the show. Um, 
but I don't know. He just also got the most humbled he's ever been at the end of this movie, in my opinion. So we'll we'll see. Oh man, um, boy, this is the movie to watch before Loki. If you haven't watched it yet, uh, throw it on. I'm, I'm just telling you, it's going to get you hyped. Is this not simpler? Is this not your natural state? It's the unspoken truth of humanity that you crave subjugation. The bright lure of freedom diminishes your life's joy in a mad scramble for power, for identity. You're, you were made to be ruled. In the end, you will always kneel. And then an older man in the back of the crowd gets on his feet and he says, Not to men like you. I think I nailed it. I didn't mean to make fun of the guy, but I feel like I nailed it. Not to men like you. Um, I don't mean to make fun of this scene. It is one of the most powerful scenes in the movie. The guy is so... It, honestly, the scene gives me chills, and I'm not trying to like make fun of the scene. It is so good. Um, I love that scene. And, uh, and he says, there are no men like me. And then he always says, and then the valiant man, this is what he says, there are always men like you. And um, Loki says, look to your elder people. Let him be an example. Uh, Loki blasts the man with a scepter, but just at that moment, Cap drops from the sky and dodges and saves him with his shield. The bolt reflects and hits Loki. The last time I was in Germany and saw a man standing above everybody else, we ended up disagreeing. Yes, that is very true. Now, it is more power to Cap's words directly after seeing him fight in World War II. I mean, if I'm not wrong, um, when I saw Avengers, it, it had been a whole year or however long. Was it a year or was it like... No, it might not have even have been that long since Cap, but still, I don't know. I wasn't associating Cap's story as much with the Avengers. I was so stoked for Avengers. Um, it's just so cool seeing that movie right next door to the Avengers and thinking about his time in World War II. Loki greets Cap as the soldier, the man out of time. I've referred to him as that before, and I'm almost positive I've took it from Loki. That's totally where I've gotten that from. Cap says he's not the only one who's out of time when Natasha flies in a plane, and he tells Loki to give it up. He blasts at the plane, and then Loki and Cap go at it. Cap hurls his shield, knocking Loki off his feet, then catches the shield at, as it boomerangs back at him. Cap punches Loki in the face, but gets blasted across the square in return. Cap throws his shield, and Loki knocks it away, and then Cap goes in for punches, but gets knocked to his knees. Um, Neil, says Loki, not today. Cap knocks Loki down with a spinning kick to the face. Um, things aren't looking wonderful at this point for Cap. Like, he's fighting, but... He's he's not winning. Uh, Loki is, you know, when he, when he, when I think of Loki, like he, he, against Thor, he's he's not the most powerful being, but he's powerful. He's like a Thor level power, uh, like I said. Uh, but at this moment, on Natasha's ship, the PA system gets a little override. Shoot to kill by ACDC. Shoot to kill. I can't really do this one that well. It's too high. Um, all, always got got to be Tony with the ACDC. Uh, Iron Man flies in and blasts Loki on his back. Iron Man and Cap epically stand above Loki for the first time united together side by side. Uh, what a great shot. Uh, Iron Man's hand facing uh, Loki. Uh, Loki puts his hands up and the armor vanishes. Mr. Stark, Captain, this movie, this movie is so good. I love this movie. Um, greatest movie. I, I mean, 
I, I have the chills just talking about it. I just watched it like five times basically in order to like break it down and like take notes. And I'm still got the chills from this moment. Um, and I've seen it like 50 times before that. I, I'm never going to not love that moment or any of these moments. Uh, All time great movie. Natasha's plane flies through the night sky. We get some time with Cap and Tony on the plane. And um, Cap tells Tony that he doesn't really trust Loki. Like he doesn't get why he gave up so easily. And uh, Tony says he's just kind of crazy. And um, he, he, he says you're kind of spry for an older fellow. What's your thing? Pilates, calisthenics. Um, he might have missed a couple things during your times as a capsicle. Uh, Fury didn't tell me he was calling you in. Says Steve, yeah, there's a lot of thing, Fury, things Fury doesn't tell you. Um, kind of, in my opinion, alluding to the rest of the movie, but also alluding to um, the Winter Soldier, Cap's next venture, and him unveiling a lot of the secrets of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, a lot of this movie starts with that, though. Lightning strikes, and Loki jumps. Cap asks if he's scared of a little bit of lightning, and Loki says he's not overly fond of what follows. At this moment, Thor lands on top of the ship. This shot is very cool. I like the shot of Thor landing on the ship, the silhouette of the lightning, and him on it. Stark puts his Iron Man helmet on and starts to exit the plane when Thor appears on the ramp. Iron Man raises his hand, but Thor knocks him back with his hammer. Thor grabs Loki by the throat and flies out into the night along with him. And, and now Iron Man, uh, Tony's like, and now, now there's this guy. Like, Tony is just, Tony's just Tony at this point. And now he's like in this universe with a super soldier and, uh, you know, two gods, lightning god, and like, I don't know. He's he's jumping out of this plane to go deal with this, though. Uh, and Cap says, Stark, we need a plan of attack. And, oh, man, even even as a fan of Tony in the theaters, I'm thinking, listen to Cap. Uh, make a plan of attack. Be on, be on Cap's side. Be friends. Uh, and Tony, But Tony goes, I have a plan. Attack. And he jumps out. Uh, Cap grabs a parachute, and Nat tells him he should sit this one out. These guys come from legend, and they are basically gods. Uh, this, this next line. So, Captain America, there's only one god, ma'am, and I'm pretty sure he doesn't dress like that. Uh, uh, smiling ear to ear. Uh, in my opinion, I don't, some some people tell that, say this, the, the writing in this movie is a little too cheesy. Um, you know, I think these the writing in this movie is, is uh, does lean into like the quirkiness of these characters a little bit. But for the first um, entry into like the series of them coming together, I, I almost don't mind them being a little bit uh, harsh onto those cliches of the characters because. Uh, I don't know. I really, I don't. I love that line. Uh, Thor brings Loki to a spiked rocky ledge. He asks him where the tesseract is, uh, and that he thought him dead. Loki asks Thor if he actually mourned him, and he said, "Of course I did, and so did our father." In which Loki replies, "Your father." And he asks if he told Thor about his true parentage, which he is an ice giant. And Thor argues that they were raised together, that they played together, that they fought together. And uh, if he does not remember any of that. And Loki tells Thor that he remembers living in a shadow, uh, in the shade of his greatness. And that he remembers him tossing him into an abyss. Thor lets Loki know that the earth is under his protection. And Loki laughs and lets him know that he means to rule them. Uh, Thor says he thinks that he means above them. And Loki agrees. And... To that, Thor says he misses the truth of ruling, and a throne would suit him ill. 
He says, I've seen worlds that you've never known about. I've grown, Odin's son, in my exile. I've seen the true power of the Tesseract, says Loki. Um, and then he says, Odin's son. Uh, he calls him Odin's son. But in, in later in uh, Infinity War, um, at the beginning of Infinity War, before uh, that big moment, um, you know, before Loki's big giant moment in Infinity War, at the beginning of Infinity War, before he um, says his good, you know, I, I'm scared to spoil for some reason. I'm worried there's just like one person out there who's just like, in, for some reason, unaware of what I said 20 minutes ago about the spoilers. Uh, <laughs> he says that to Thor, Odin's son. Oh, gosh, there's so many good references in these movies. Good writing. Uh, I have seen the true power of the Tesseract. Thor asks, who showed you this power? Who controls the would-be king? And he screams, I am a king. Uh, not here. You give up the Tesseract. You give up this poisonous dream. And then the, the, the delivery from Chris uh, Hemsworth here and come home. He really wants his brother back. Uh, Loki says he doesn't have it. You need the cube to bring me home. And I've sent it off to I know not where. Thor's hammer flies into his hand. Just at this, And just at this moment, he gets sideswiped by Iron Man. <laughs> Loki's just left sitting there. Iron Man crash lands, uh, releasing Thor, who rolls into the dust. Do not touch me again, uh, Thor tells him. And then he says, don't take my stuff, <laughs> Iron Man. Uh, I have no idea what, uh, you have no idea what you're dealing with, uh, Thor lets him know. And Tony asks, uh, uh, Shakespeare in the park, doth mother know you not weareth her drapes? Classic, classic. Tony um, doesn't really know what he's dealing with, but I don't think he cares. Like, that's how Tony gets better. Once he goes up against a higher adversary, that's how his brain levels up, and that's how his suits level up. So <laughs> he's about to go up against the, uh, the God of Thunder, and he's ready. The, this is beyond you, Metal Man. <laughs> Loki will face Asgardian justice. Uh, he will give up the cube, and he's all yours. Until then, stay away. And then, like, he walks away, um... Iron Man, and then under his breath, like Tony, he says, tourist. Tony, what are you doing? So Thor throws his hammer at Iron Man, because we know both of these guys got egos. This is just like, this is just like when Thor was walking away uh, in his movie, and he's like, twinkle toes or whatever, that big beast. You don't just say something under your breath to the God of Thunder. Iron Man, you're going to get thrown, that that hammer's coming, dude. Thor throws his hammer, and it uh, sends Iron Man through the tree. Loki watches uh, on the clip from above, Thor retrieves the hammer. Iron Man blasts Thor uh, back and kicks him with both feet, with his metal feet, as he's spinning his hammer. Uh, the hammer flies out of his grasp, and it flies back into his hand as he raises it and summons a huge bolt of lightning. He directs it right back towards Iron Man. In the helmet, Jarvis tells Tony that he is at 400% capacity, so... Thor superpowered the suit, and then as we see in Endgame, this gives Thor the idea to, like save Iron Man's life later in an alternate timeline. This is great. Great, great, great referencing. Tony blasts Thor back and flies into him. They start flying through the forest together and slam into a mountainside with Iron Man clinging to Thor's hammer, like preventing him from trying to wield uh, the hammer. They fall down back into the forest and trees fall all around them. Like almost, they're, they're basically destroying an entire forest around them. Um, this scene's a little dark. So I remember even like on sometimes I was watching the scene on TV, like when I, back like a few years ago, it's kind of hard to see. So it's nicer to see it on like my monitor on my computer. I was able to see it a little bit better. Thor drops his hammer. 
uh, on the way in. They exchange a few punches, and then they grab each other's fist in a standoff. Thor starts to crush Iron Man's wrist. They both headbutt each other. This is the this is an intense fight. Uh, this is like honestly, this they're going in on each other here. This goes from like light. To, they're, they're not friends at the start of this thing, so they're they're going they're going for blood. Iron Man flings flings Thor to a tree. Thor picks himself up and lays punches right back into Iron Man. I feel like I'm like literally doing like a, I'm like I'm announcing a boxing match. <laughs> uh, he picks up Tony by the neck and body slams him on the ground. Then tries to slam his hammer on him like this would have been the final blow, uh, but he flies away just in time. Like he scoots like Tony's laying on his back and then he like does this like straight up like scoot straight across the ground under him just in time before he gets hammered straight by Thor uh, KO'd it's an awesome shot like many in the movie Iron Man swoops right back with another punch to Thor in the same shot that he like backs out he comes right back at him with a punch this movie has a lot of great great one takes suddenly like not one takes like it took him one take to shoot it but like one thing happens like one awesome thing happens in one epic shot um, this is where this is what the Avengers is amazing for Suddenly, the red, white, and blue shield bounces off both of them. Cap tells them that that is enough. Now, I don't know what you plan on doing here. Steve jumps off a high rock. Uh, Thor tells him to to put an end to Loki's schemes. Cap tells him, then prove it. Put the hammer down. And then uh, (laughs) Iron Man says he loves his hammer. Don't tell him that. Then uh, Thor hurls Tony, like, through... Like with the hammer, like back through a tree, and uh, Thor asks him if you want me to put the hammer down. He puts it down and he slams it on Cap's shield. It creates a huge shockwave that knocks down half the forest. All three heroes just face each other uh, silently. They've united. They've assembled. Back on the Quinjet, Loki is escorted onto the Quinjet by armed guards. The guards escort Loki past the lab that Banner is working in. He takes a good look at Loki, and he snarls at Banner. A steel and glass door in an empty containment chamber with the windows uh, with windows on all sides uh, is where Loki is leaded. The chamber is in a long hangar-like room. Nick walks in and tells Loki if he even scratches the glass, he'll drop him 30,000 feet in a steel trap out of the plane. Ant boot. Just like the beginning of the movie, he's throwing it back on him. An impressive cage, not built, I think, for me. Loki knows. Uh, Loki knows some stuff. He's got. I mean, he's got information from Clint, uh, aka Hawkeye. He knows everything about what's going on in Shield. Anyway, um, built for something a lot stronger than you, Fury says. Oh, I've heard a mindless beast makes play. Uh, makes play. He's a man. How desperate are you? You can call uh, such lost creatures to defend you. Uh, it makes me feel bad for Bruce. Actually, kind of mean. You threaten my world with war. You steal a force you can't hope to control. You talk about peace, and you kill because it's fun. You have made me very desperate. You might not be glad that you did, uh, Fury says. This is uh, something I highlighted from Loki, because this is something that um, they reflect on later to get answers. It burns you to have come so close. To have the Tesseract, to have unlimited power... And for what? A warm light for all mankind to share. And then to be reminded what real power is. Uh, Okay. 
Fury says to let me know if Real Power wants a magazine. <laughs> the Avengers are watching this combo on camera in the conference room. Cap turns off the monitor. Cap says Loki is going to drag this out and asks Thor what his play is. Thor lets them know about the Shatari and he means to lead an army against them. And they mean to win, win him the Earth and the Tesseract. Bruce says that he's building another portal and that's what he needs Eric Selvig for. Thor mentions that Eric is a friend. Whittle lets Thor know that Loki has him under a spell. Steve is curious as to why Loki allowed them to take him if he's not leading an army from here. Bruce said he's crazy as a bag full of cats. <laughs> That's, uh, Thor says he may be crazy, but he's of Asgard. Nat says he's killed 80 people in two days. Uh, he's adopted, Thor says. Uh, I like that. But it's, not, it's also kind of a great point that he killed 80 people. Um, how do you redeem this guy? How has he been redeemed already? I don't get it. Um, well, we got to forget these things, I guess, for uh, Loki. We'll see. He, he, maybe he'll save a trillion people. Maybe he'll go back in time and stop the Battle of New York. That's my main prediction. <laughs> and then we get uh, all Avengers cameos again. Impossible. Disney can't afford this for one TV show. Yes, maybe. Uh, <laughs> Banner is asking why they need Iridium when Tony enters with Coulson to answer. It's a stabilizing agent, he says. Means the portal won't collapse on itself like it did its shield. Also, it means the portal can open as wide and stay as long, open as long as Loki wants. That man is playing Galaga. <laughs> he thought we would have noticed what we did. That is a great line. Uh, we learned later it was improvised and one of the best lines in the movie. Tony asks about how Fury looks at these computers with one eye. Um, the only major component he still needs is a power source. Um, he plants something on one of the uh, shield computers while he's talking, uh, which is like very stealthy. Tony's very good at this. Tony and Bruce. Uh, yeah, Tony also does this like cl the classic hand thing where he does like I can't even describe it. Like he, he just does the classic hand idea thing that he does. Tony and Bruce discuss how the cube will have will have to be heated just to break through the barrier. Um, Sciencey stuff. Finally, someone that speaks English. Tony says to Bruce. Tony introduces Bruce uh, himself to Bruce, and he says uh, his work is unparalleled, and he's a huge fan of the way he loses control and turns into an enormous green rage monster. <laughs> Fury asks Stark to help Banner find the cube. Cap says to start with that stick of his, maybe magic, but it looks an awful lot like a hydra weapon. You know, Cap is so onto it because. I mean, they're both infinity, infinity stones, and Cap uh, just knows magic's magic. They're both of the same kind. Um, one plus one equals two. Cap is, Cap is right. Fury wants to know how Loki used it to turn two of his sharpest men into his personal flying monkeys. Uh, Thor is confused by the term monkeys, but Cap gets it. Cap understood that reference. <laughs> uh, a guy plays actual Galaga. We see a guy actually playing Galaga. In a lab, Banner and Stark are analyzing Loki's step scepter. They both agree it will take them a long time to get information out of it. Stark invites him to come visit in New York, and Banner says the last time he was there, he totaled Harlem, which I believe were the events of the Incredible Hulk movie with Ed Norton. I um, may, may go back and rewatch it, like I said. At some point soon, if not a long time from now. I don't know. We've got a lot of Marvel stuff coming out here. I like Ruffalo Hulk. Ruffalo Hulk. <laughs> um, I do love Edward Norton, though. Maybe he's a multiverse Hulk, like we said. Tony prods Bruce with an electric stick. Uh, Cap asks him if everything is a joke to him, and threatening the safety of everyone on the ship is funny. Cap tells Tony if uh, Cap tells Tony he needs to focus on the problem. 
You think I'm not? Why did Fury call us here? Why now? Why not before? Why, what isn't he telling us? I can't, do the question, I can't do the equation unless I have all the variables, Tony tells him. Cap t- uh, asks Tony if he thinks Fury is hiding something, and Tony assures that Fury is a spy, and his secrets have secrets. Banner says a warm light for all of mankind. This is what I highlighted earlier. It's what Loki was telling Fury. Um, was a jab at Tony. That even if Barton didn't tell Loki about Stark Tower, it was all over the news. Cap says the ugly one, uh, <laughs> the ugly like the ugly tower that's all over the news. Uh, kind of gives uh, Tony a look. Uh, Banner says it's powered by an arc reactor, self-sustaining energy source. So why didn't Shield bring Tony in on the Tesseract project? Why? What are they doing in the energy business in the first place? Stark lets them know that they'll know every secret uh while eating blueberries and sharing them like this whole scene like he's eating blueberries while talking to cap and uh banner uh once jarvis finishes running his decryption program he's been running since before like like he popped that thing on the computer a while ago and it's been getting all the shield information for uh, maybe an hour i think uh this is cap i think loki's trying to wind us up this is a man who means to start a war and if we don't stay focused to succeed, we have orders. We should follow them. Uh, Following is not really my style, Tony tells him. Of the three people in this room, which one is wearing A, a spangly outfit, and B, not of use? Tony is so freaking mean to Steve Rogers. He knows uh, his dad was... Uh, well, we're going to get to that line, but he knows his dad was friends with him. I mean, why doesn't Tony... Uh, Tony's ignorant a lot of the time. He is. Bruce, is, Bruce asked Steve if uh, any of this smells funky to him. He tells them to find the cube, and he walks off with purpose. And down the hallway, like, you can tell he's going to check something out. Like, this got to him. And this is when Tony says, that's the guy my dad never shut up about. I wonder if they should have kept him on ice. Tony, you're cold. Bruce tells Tony that he agrees with Steve about Loki. Tony says it'll blow up in Loki's face, and he'll be there. He'll, and then he tells Bruce he'll be suiting up with the rest of them. Bruce tells Tony he can't control it. And Tony tells him about the shrapnel in his heart and how his reactor stops it. And he learned uh, how to control it. And you're saying the Hulk saved my life for what is what Bruce tells him. And uh, like, this is something that Bruce will go through for his arc of the movies uh, in the Avengers and Thor Ragnarok. Um, How will he get control of the Hulk and learn how to have that relationship with him? That story is not over, and I really hope we get more of that in the following movies and uh, we get more Ruffalo Hulk. Um, Steve isn't breaking. Steve is currently breaking into the storage room. Meanwhile, elsewhere, we follow a truck driving through a tunnel. Selvig is working in it and placing the iridium into a complicated-looking device. Coulson is assuring Thor that Jane is safe. I'm assuming Natalie Portman wasn't around for this. I think she would have been in it in some capacity. Uh, It seems like she was set up to be. Thor says it's no accident Loki took Eric Selvig and that he's a good man. Coulson tells Thor that he changed changed Selvig's life, uh, that he changed everything. They were better as they were. We pretend on Asgard that they were more advanced, but we come here battling like Bill Snipe. <laughs> and then Coulson's like, what's that? And he's like, huge, scaly, big antlers. You don't have those? <laughs> and it, uh, <laughs> uh, he's like, when I came to Earth, Loki's rage followed me here, and your people paid the price. Now again, in my youth. Now, and now again, 
and then he says, in my youth, I quartered war. He starts to go, and then uh, behind him, Fury's standing there. And I like this, because this is a good chance for Fury to see Thor is genuine about not wanting... You know, Fury, Fury gets to see Thor is on their side, in my opinion. Um, we don't know much about Thor as an alien or uh, outer space, but like Thor just to genuinely see, he doesn't want Loki to hurt anyone. He wants to protect the Earth. Uh, it's good to see that Lo- It's good to see it from an outside eye... Th- uh, Fury gets to see Thor's okay um, If he was wondering uh, He says the war hasn't started yet You think you could make Loki tell us Where the Tesseract is He says I don't know Loki's mind uh, Is far afield It's not just power he craves It's vengeance upon me There's no pain uh, that would prize His need from him Yes, A lot of guys think that Until the pain starts uh, Says Fury Thor asks Fury what he's asking him to do And Fury asks him what he's prepared to do. Um, Thor says Loki is a prisoner. Uh, And then why do I feel like he's the only one on this boat who wants to be here? Fury has a pretty good point. Loki paces in his cell, smiling, uh, just when he knows Black Widow is behind him. She wants to know what will happen to Hawkeye when Loki is done with him. Loki asks if this is love, and she said, love is for children. She owes him a debt. Before I work for S.H.I.E.L.D., I made a name for myself. I have a very specific skill set. I didn't care what I used it for or on. I got on S.H.I.E.L.D.'s radar in a bad way. Agent Barton was sent to kill me, and he made a different call. Loki asked her what she'll do if he vows to spare him. I got red in my ledger, and I'd like to wipe it out. I love this line. And uh, he says, can you wipe it out? Can you wipe out that much red, Draco's daughter? San Paolo? The hospital fire? Barton told me everything. Your ledger is dripping, it's gushing red, and you think saving a man no more virtuous than yourself will change anything? This is the basis sentimentality. This is a child at, pl- uh, at prayer pathetic. You lie and kill in the service of liars and killers. You pretend to be separate, to have your own code, something that makes up for the horrors, but they are a part of you and they will never go away. Loki, Loki, Loki. Um, what a complex villain. What a what a twisted mind. And um, he's very spiteful, and his evil comes from a deep, dark place. It's not just, I'm a bad guy. I want to kill. Um, this is pretty dark stuff. Um, he, he He's really deeply rooted in anger and villainy. And uh, that is a, that's a pretty dark sentiment there. You lie and kill in the service of liars. I mean, come on. Uh, he's pretty. He's pretty destined to uh, rule humanity for pretty specific reasons. Um, during this, we see Cap uh, discovering shields, weapons, and there is also an alert on Fury's screen that there has been a system breach. Loki tells Natasha that he won't touch Barton until he makes him kill her himself. Uh, he keeps going on how he'll kill her and. Uh, gets Loki worked up. She gets Loki really worked up and she turns her head and puts her, puts it down like she's crying and she says, you monster. And he says, no, you brought the monster. And then Loki means to, uh, she says, Loki means, means to unleash the Hulk. Thanks for your cooperation. Like she gets the information out of him like she always does, but it may be a little too late as we realize in a moment, um, Fury walks into the lab with Stark and Banner and asks them what's going on. He's supposed to be locating the Tesseract. Um, you're supposed to be, like, that's what he's telling them. You're supposed to be locating the Tesseract. They are scanning for it, but they also ask him what phase two is. 
Cap walks in and throws the weapon on the table. He says the phase two is shield uses the cube to make weapons. Sorry, the computer was moving a little slow for me. Enter one of the most complex and well-written scenes in this movie, um, maybe possibly the MCU. This is like nearly a one shot. I mean, we do get like different cuts, but like this is still really, really, um, really intricate. So I'm just going to kind of like read it as it happens uh, and how I wrote it. So Nick starts to make an excuse to Steve when Tony pulls an outline of the Tesseract powered missile. I was wrong, director. The world hasn't changed a bit, Steve tells him. Natasha asks Banner to remove himself from the environment. He replies he was in Calcutta. He was pretty well removed. She tells him Loki is manipulating him. And you're doing what exactly? I'd like to know why S.H.I.E.L.D. is using the Tesseract to build weapons of mass destruction, Banner tells her. Fury says it's because of Thor. Last year, Earth had a visitor from another planet, who had a very uh, who had a grudge match that leveled a small town, which we saw. Um, we learned that uh, only we are not alone. Uh, we are hopelessly, hilariously outgunned. Thor says his people want nothing but peace with the, with this planet, and Fury replies, "You're not the only people out there, are you? And you're not the only threat. The world's only filling up with people who can't be matched, and that can't be controlled," is what Fury argues. Like you controlled the cube. Is Cap's point? <laughs> um, so this is uh, what Thor says. Your work with the Tesseract is what drew Loki to it and his allies. It is a signal to all the realms that Earth is ready for a higher form of war. Um, so this drew a lot of attention to me in terms of Captain America, the first Avenger, the movie I watched last week and covered. The Red Skull and Bar- Zola, uh, his assistant, they were doing a lot of work on the Tesseract. And if that's the case, um, your work on the Tesseract is what drew Loki to it. Wouldn't Zola's work on the Tesseract back during the World War II era draw whoever else to it? Wouldn't they draw Celestial Beings or, you know, Odin or anyone? Like, wouldn't something be drawn to it? And in a way, you look deeper into this and you think harder, you think about it and it's like red skull was taken to guard the soul stone. Um, at the end of that movie, if you, if you look at it canonly, someone was, uh, someone did draw, like someone paid a price for the using of that stone and that, and that cube. Um, I don't know, like the word, the, the worse it was used, like the, it was used so harshly, Right, we don't know about this yet, though. Like, your your work with the Tesseract is what drew Loki to it, and his allies signaled all the realms. Like, this is, I mean, like this this is a different type of realm. Like, I, I think this has to do with Eternals, even like what happened to Red Skull bringing brought to guard the Soul Stone. I think we're going to learn more about that. Um, this just makes me think of that, and I don't mean to bring too much attention to that, but we did see experimentation happening seventy years ago in Cap's time, and. Um, there was a lot more use with the stone and experimentation on the stone um, now, then more than ever. 
the nuclear deterrent, because uh, that's what always calms everything everything down, is what Stark says. Remind me again of how you made your fortune, Stark. Fury says this so dark to Tony. Um, I'm sure uh, you will be neck deep in. I'm sure Tony will be neck deep in. And then Cap, uh, Tony cuts him off. Wait, hold on. How is this now about me? Steve asks, isn't it everything? Um, this is where things start to get really angry uh, between the Avengers. I thought humans were more evolved than this. Uh, excuse me. Do we come from? Do we come to your planet and blow stuff uh, stuff up? Fury tells him. This is one continuous shot. Like everyone's cutting each other off. Uh, they argue over each other. The shot turns upside down over the spear in the room that bears the mind stone. Right. So it's influencing them. This is clearly the stone that has Eric Selvig doing things that aren't Eric Selvig's intentions. This is the, this is the same sphere that's intention that is bringing Hawkeye to uh, turn on his friends and allies there. This scepter is, this is all Loki's doing. It's all Loki's plan. Um, he wants that. He wants a scepter in that room to influence these Avengers to tear them apart. Very clearly. It was his plan. Um, it's something I overlooked easy to overlook but very very good um and they're so subtly turning on each other very closely very slowly um a plane approaches the carrier um which uncloaks it has hawkeye and a bunch of armed soldiers he takes out his bow you speak of control yet you court chaos thor that his that's his mo isn't it I mean, we are a time bomb, no? We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're a time bomb. Um, I don't think, I don't think, I think I said time bomb twice and he doesn't say time bomb twice. That's Bruce. Fury tells Banner that he needs to step away. Uh, Stark says, why shouldn't the guy let off a little steam? And puts his hand on Steve's shoulder. Uh, Steve says, you know damn well why, and tells him to back off. I'm starting to make you want me, Tony tells him. Big man in a suit of armor. Take that off. What are you? Genius. Billionaire. <laughs> Dude, here's the line. I can't, you know, I'm going to mess this up. I talked about this in another episode. Genius, billionaire, playboy, philanthropist. I did it. I said it. Philanthropist. Philanthropist. I did it. I used to not be able to say it. There was an episode, the first Iron Man episode, where I tried to say the word philanthropist, and I couldn't say it, and I can say it now because I, I looked up the word, and I actually, like, broke down the syllables philanthropist um yes and that's i forgot that this is where the line exactly plays in i know guys with none of that worth 10 of you says steve and i've seen the footage the only thing you really fight for is yourself you're not the guy to make the sacrifice play to lay down on a wire and let the other guy crawl over you wow i think i would just cut the wire (laughs) tony says um always a way out you know, you may not be a threat, but you better stop pretending to be a hero, Steve. Uh, a, a hero like you. A la- uh, you're a laboratory experiment, Rogers. Everything special about you came out of a bottle. I mean, we just watched both of these movies, and we, we know the facts of these statements, but we know how much they hurt, considering the extraneous uh, circumstances that these men went through to save both of their worlds uh, and the heroes they are in both of their stories and they're being so mean to each other it's insane um that's what's so good about this uh it's amazing a gray-eyed barton approaches the deck of his plane and uh he gets onto the quinjet 
He pulls out an arrow and takes aim at the ship. It lands and attaches. Red lights blinking on the tip. Cap tells Tony to put on the suit. <laughs> uh, let's go a few rounds. Like, it's getting real. And then Thor's like, you people are so petty and tiny. <laughs> like, Thor is getting full on, like, angry, like, laughing God. He's, I don't know. Like, Stone is influencing people in very funny ways. Um, Tony touches his head. Um, like he's getting a headache and they all are clearly intoxicated by the scepter, AKA the mind stone. Again, fury tries to get banner back to his room because he's got a Hulk situation coming. We feel it. And he calls it, uh, a cell, uh, banner admits he tried to take his life once and he got, when he got really low, he put a bullet in his mouth and the other guy spit it out. He moved on. Uh, he focused on helping other people until you dragged me to this freak show. And he put everyone here, at, you guys put everyone here at risk. And they said, you want to know my secret, Agent Romanoff? You want to know how I stay calm? Huh? Like, he's like, he's about to tell him. And then Fury reaches for his gun. And um, he tells Dr. Banner to put down the scepter. Uh, Steve tells him. Banner has a scepter in his hand all of a sudden. Nobody realizes this. We don't realize it until this moment. Uh, to his own amazement, he doesn't realize it. At this moment, the gamma scanner locating the Tesseract activates. They have a location. Tony tries uh, to leave, and Cap grabs him, and he says he's not going alone. Tony asks if he's going to stop him. Steve tells him to put on the suit, and let's find out. Um, he says, I'm not afraid of you, old man. And he says, put on the suit. The two are face-to-face when Hawkeye from outside pushes a button and his bow handle explodes a side of the ship. An explosion rips through the engine in the lab. Nat and Bruce are blown from uh, through, the, through the window, tossed down a shaft. Chunks of debris fall off the ship. Uh, it's, it's chaotic. Cap tells Tony to put on the suit in a much lighter much more serious and in, like I need your help tone uh, and they run they run out together as allies again <laughs> uh, Agent Hill finds that number three engine is down it's mostly intact and Stark just needs to fix it Nat and Banner are okay uh, according to Nat but you know Widow is caught up and under a pipe um, and, and, and she asks Bruce if he's okay but he's just lying face down so TBD on that <laughs> Uh, Hawkeye falls into the facility with his squad on a rope. He's charging the facility full force. Tony and Steve run through the ship. Tony turns off to find his suit. He He activates it with his phone. It looks absolutely sick. Bruce starts to lose control. Uh, Natasha tries to calm him down, uh, waves the concerned crew away. They can tell what's happening here. Um, Spanner spasms as he transforms. He looks back at Nat before he transforms into the Hulk. One last kind of look in the eyes as Bruce Banner. She immediately turns back and runs for her life, and instantly he starts gunning for her as the Hulk. Um, You don't see him fully. It's just kind of like he's in the shadows chasing her. Um, It's great uh, great shots. This this scene is insane. Uh, He grabs the stairway. She's running up. She instantly flips up onto the pipes above. Cut to Loki uh, as he hears the Hulk's roars. Um, a big evil smile covers his face. You sinister, sinister man. <laughs> um, Fury tells the pilot to, ta- uh, to take over the water, uh, to take them over water because if one more turbine goes down, they're going to drop. 
Steve enters the outside area where the explosion hit and lets Tony know that he's out there. At that moment, Iron Man shows up. He says that they need to get the coolant system back online and before, uh, before dislodging the debris. He tells Cap that he needs him to get to a certain panel, and he goes to work bending twisted steel. Cap gets to all the circuits, and Tony asks him what it looks like, and he tells him that uh, it seems to run on some form of electricity. Steve is from 70 years ago. He doesn't know, uh, like... I, I, he wouldn't even, I wouldn't even know how to do this. Like, how, how would Steve know how to do this? Nat moves stealthily through the shadows with her gun. All of a sudden, Hulk charges at her. Amazing shot of Hulk chasing her in slow motion for a second. Uh, he slams Black Widow through into a wall once he catches up to her. Like, so hard that, like, he goes into one wall and she goes into another. She looks pretty downed. And if he, if he got, like, to her, like, another charge, she could have been completely dead uh but not not quite as he's charging at her again he's tackled through the wall by thor round one uh not you know thor and hulk go at each other a couple times don't they well we got a rematch in ragnarok right this is uh round one hulk takes a swing well they first they're circling each other they, uh, hulk takes a swing but misses thor hits punch to the jaw Hulk tries to pound down on Thor, but he blocks and holds his arm. We are not your enemies, Banner. Try to think. He punches Thor very hardly into storage containers. Now, Steve lets Tony know that the relays are intact, and he asks the next move. Tony says that he's going to have to get the motor and push it. Over explains in science, and Cap tells him to speak English. Tony tells him to pull the red lever um, so he can get out in time. When it's time, he's going to let him know. Thor wipes a hand across his bleeding nose. Uh, he's going toe to toe with this. You think Thor has fought interdimensional beasts? Uh, you know the Hulk is an, is the interdimensional beast. Thor is of all the realms, probably the maybe one of the toughest things Thor has ever battled. It seems he holds out his hand for his hammer, and it almost seems like it's not going to come to him. But when it does, just in time, uh, it upper he uppercuts Hulk straight to the jaw. The fight is. As I always say, epic. He flies into a jet and hurls the plane's wing at Thor, uh, who ducks, and the wing takes the top off a Humvee. <laughs> this this movie is just it's so insane. When you slow it down to actually look at what's happening, there's so much happening. Thor throws his hammer, and, uh, uh, Thor throws his hammer, and Hulk catches it, but he's not worthy. So it drags him, and Thor pulls all. Uh, Thor pulls it like around his neck, like chokehold style, and gets him in a headlock. Uh, a grenade hits the control room and almost really gets Agent Hill. Hill and Fury both start taking fire from the assailants. Coulson activates a thumb scan. Now, we're jumping from room to room, scene to scene here. Very, very intense action. So this is back to Coulson. Now back to Hulk. He throws Thor on his back. Hill tells Fury that the Hulk will tear the place apart, so Fury tells her to get his attention. She calls in a jet which pulls up next to the window and uh, that Thor and Hulk are fighting by. The pilot starts shooting Hulk, and the bullets do not affect him. He charges at the plane, and he rips it apart, and he's like, target angry? Uh, he hurls the pilot across the sky, and he continues to fall. The Hulk, out of the fight for now. Um, much needed in this case. Um, Iron Man uses a beam to get rid of the rest of the debris out of the rotor. The two soldiers approach. Uh, 
Cap and try to grenade him. He kicks the grenade away. He disarms another guy and throws him off the ledge. He grabs an AR and covers himself from more intruders. Fury, still holding off gunfire, gets attacked directly by an arrow from Hawkeye. Uh, This arrow shuts down the engines uh, electronically. So Fury tells comms that Barton is headed towards the detention level. And Natasha says she copies. Iron Man pushes a rotor. He uses his jet boots to push it as the ship falls. Cap gets knocked off and is hanging on the ledge by a, uh, next to a guard that's kind of shooting at him. So he's like in a very tight spot while he's hanging. So like if he needs to pull that lever for Iron Man, it, it's going to be a little tough. Thor rushes to the room Loki is being held in. And just as he enters, uh, Loki is exiting his cell. Thor rushes to him and into the cell. But it's a hologram, of course. Loki asks him if his uh, if he'll ever not fall for that, and, I, and I'm almost positive that he will. Maybe like ten more times. Barton makes his way down a hallway, and Nat tries to sneak up on him when he tries to shoot. When he does, she tries to snatch his bow, but he tries to hit her with it. Nat jumps from the walkway to walkway as Barton follows. They fight over the bow and exchange blows to the face. They both draw knives. Thor tries to smash his way out of the chamber with his hammer, but can merely crack it. Just as Loki is about to hit the drop switch on Thor, Coulson comes in and knocks a guard with uh, with his huge gun. This huge gun, like he knocks, he doesn't like shoot him with it because we don't see it in action. Yet. He like hits him with it. He tells Loki to move away from the panel. He has a huge gun. <laughs> I wrote that again. This gun is so huge. I wrote that he has a huge gun like five times. This gun is huge. He says it's a prototype prototype based off of the destroyer, the giant uh, guardian of uh, Odin's vault, which we saw in Thor. He doesn't know what it does. Uh, do you want to find out? It looks kind of like the destroyer too when he turns it on. It's got like the colors of it. Loki appears behind Coulson at this exact moment, teleports behind him and impales him on his spear. Thor screams, like, genuinely, like, no, we got a genuine no. Like, in movies, those seem cheesy, but it was awful. You don't want Coulson dead. Uh, Loki opens the chamber and drops Thor. Nat and Barton are still fighting. He gets him in a headlock, slams his head into a rail, and he comes back, too, in this moment. Natasha, uh, he says, she punches him again. You're not going to trust this guy after all he did in this moment. you got to give it some time. Thor breaks out of the chamber just before it hits the ground. He still lands in dirt and weeds. Uh, as Loki is leaving the room, Coulson tells Loki he's going to lose. He's on his back. He's on the ground, very bloody, on his deathbed. And uh, he says, am I? And he says, it's in your nature. You heroes are scattered. Your floating fortresses fall. Your floating fortress falls from the sky. Where's my my uh, disadvantage here? Loki says, you lack conviction. And then he blasts Loki. Uh, <laughs> he says, that's what it does. Cap is dangling still from the cable. And Iron Man is still trying to get the rotor moving and then he, he gets it moving enough and he tells Cap to get the lever and uh, Cap still needs a minute because he's not up from the um, ledge. Cap gets the lever finally. Iron Man rushes the guy that was shooting at Cap. Uh, they both like lay on their backs um, like winded. Fury rushes to Coulson's side. Um, Loki leaves the carrier, leaves on a carrier and um, Coulson tells Fury it's okay. He said it was never going to work if they didn't have something. Uh, and he 
that's the last, like he kind of trails off. Something to Fury radios in. Agent Coulson is down. Shows all the Avengers reactions. Um, everyone seems very genuinely hurt by this. It's a shock. It's a shock. The lighthearted, uh, light, you know, very spirited person uh, like Coulson uh, in the movie, and a death in the MCU. Such a, um, it, it was. It's a harsh moment. Yeah, very harsh moment in, in the movie. Um, so. Fury, Stark, and Steve are in the conference room. Uh, he says that Cap's cards were in Coulson's jacket. He throws them on the table with blood on them. Guess he never did get you to sign them. We're dead up in the air here. Our communications, the location of the cube, Banner, Thor, I got nothing for you. I lost my one good eye. Maybe I had that coming. Yes, we were going to build an arsenal with the Tesseract. I never put all my chips on that number, though, because I was playing something even riskier. There was an idea. Stark knows this, called the Avengers Initiative. The idea was to bring together a group of remarkable people to see if they could become something more. To see if they could work together when we needed them to, to fight the battles that we never could. Phil Coulson died believing in that idea. I got the chills just reading that. I freaking love this movie. Uh, wow. Um, because that was in the trailer for Endgame, if I'm not right, where all the Avengers are saying that. Am I wrong? That's totally in the, totally in the um, trailer for Avengers Endgame. Uh, so good. Uh, Thor finds his hammer in a meadow of flowers. He holds his hand out for the hammer. It won't quite come to him yet. Banner wakes up in a warehouse in a huge pile of rubble. This will be a really funny sight and scene because like it's, just, it's such a dramatic, like giant pile of rubble because it's a Hulk sized pile but a tiny man laying in it. He's like naked. Uh, <laughs> he, um, there's a security guard tells him he was awake when he fell. Uh, big green and buck ass nude. He says. <laughs> um, he gives Banner clothes and asks him if. If he's uh, if he's an alien, and Banner says no, and he says, "Well then, son, you got a condition." <laughs> Black Widow is with Hawkeye, who is tied to a chair, and he's pushing against these restraints. He's really, really, um, yeah, he's really having a hard time against this mind control he just had. Nat tells him it'll be okay, and he asks her if um, he's, she's ever had someone take her brain and play with it like that. Uh, do you know what it's like to be on Maid? And she says, you know I do. Black Widow movie. Oh, man, we're going to learn a lot. Barton asks why he's back. Asks how. And she, she tells him cognitive recalibration. A.K.A. She hit him in the head really hard. <laughs> Clint wants to know how many agents he killed. And Nat tells him not to do that to himself. This is Loki. This is monsters and magic. Nothing we've ever trained for. She tells him Loki got away. And uh, he replies that he's going to make his play today. She says, we've got to stop him. Clint asks, who's we? And Nat says, whoever's left. Hawkeye just really wants to put an arrow in Loki's eye. It says He said it'd help him sleep better. I would, too, if somebody like brain-controlled me and had me kill people um, for him. Uh, you're a spy, not a soldier. Now, what made you want to wait a war? Why? What did Loki do to you? So maybe he did get into her head a little bit. Like uh, Hawkeye knows, like, he, I don't know. But she, she looks down and she says, I've been compromised. I got red in my ledger, and I'd like to wipe it out. Boom. 
she don't need she she just wants to she wants to wipe out the rat in her ledger. She's got some she's got some history. We're gonna learn a little bit about this. Tony stares at the spot where uh, where the containment cell used to be. Steve stares with him. He asks if he was married, uh, as in Colson. Tony says he was a cellist. Steve says he's he's sorry and that he seemed like a good man. Tony says he was an idiot and uh, why for believing. Tony uh, replies, no, for taking on Loki alone. He was only doing his job. He says, uh, Tony says he should have waited. And Steve says, uh, sometimes there isn't a right way out. Um, and then Steve says, is this the first time you lost a soldier? And then Stark says, we are not soldiers. You know, I find that really interesting. The way Stark says that to Steve so definitively, so defensively, we are not soldiers. Uh, but, like, that's not true. Cap is a, I mean, Captain America is a soldier. Um, you're not a soldier, Iron Man, yet, yet to be a soldier, like, today. Today, uh, Tony Stark becomes a literal soldier on a battlefield. He will fight a war like Captain America fought um, on a battlefield against thousands of foes. Uh, you know, he's being beaten down uh, on his suit against, like, I, I mean, in this this battle is very intense. Um, I, I mean, I I love this. I love this movie. Uh, how many times will I say it? But, like, you know, Iron Man's getting beaten pretty badly in this movie um you know half the time but he's saying we're not soldiers and um steve is totally a soldier and i think he's just projecting that and but but um he says he's not marching into fury's fight and steve's got more of a perspective right now i think than tony a little bit he says he's got the same blood on his hands that loki does but right now we have to uh leave that behind us and get this done tony sees looks where colson dies and then he realizes he made it personal. And Steve says, that's not the point. And Tony replies, that is the point. That's Loki's point. He hits, he hits us all where we live. Why? To tear us apart, says Steve. Yeah, divide and conquer is great. But he knows he has to take us out to win, right? And that's what he wants. He wants to beat us. He wants to be seen doing it. And he wants an audience. Cap said he caught us. Uh, and then Cap said, yeah, we caught his act in Stuttgart. Germany. And that's just the previews. This is opening night, and Loki is a full tilt diva. He wants flowers, parades, a monument in the sky with his name. Son of a bitch, Tony realizes something. And then we cut to Selvig on the roof of Stark Tower, setting up the Tesseract. The final stage of the, uh, the final act of the movie is being set. Um, if you'd seen the previews of the movie, the tone of the movie, the final fight, the thing you've been waiting for was this big old alien space battle. You know the Avengers are fighting. Um, this this is what you came here for, for folks. Um, <laughs> we knew we were going to see some fighting, and we knew it was going to be a big old battle. Um, we just didn't know how and when and how about the circumstances leading up to him it was um and once you see like the tone in the city we know it's coming cap is now suited up and asked nat to fly a jet and uh, hawkeye volunteers cap hesitates because he did just turn like was kind of turned on them but he tells him to suit up thor in the field picks up his hammer cuts a cap Picking up his shield, Hawkeye straps arrows to his back and activates his wristbands. Thor raises his hammer to the sky and summons lightning. 
Cap and Hawkeye and Widow walk in unison. Thor's armor is regenerated by lightning. Uh, someone stri- tries to stop Cap and Co. from getting on the plane, and he just says, son, just don't. <laughs> I love it. Cap, dig like, just being a little bit, uh, you know, old man Cap, I dig it, I dig it, I dig it. Uh, Hill tells Fury that the cards were in Coulson's locker. Fury? Hill, what, what, what are you saying? So is Fury still lying to them to get the... Get to influence them. Fury tells her they needed the push, Ugh, like kids. And then you see Iron Man and the gang just flying. Like you almost like he's like their dad uh, in a way. Like he know he's doing it for their own good. And honestly, it's so right. Like this was so needed. They found him. Get our communications back up. Whatever you can do. Um, I, I was angry at this even, uh, but dang so right he need, this needed to be done and when you look back at Coulson's uh, last line uh, he says this needed to happen to bring them together in a way so I think it was almost a right away from Coulson to be like Coulson would have said Coulson would have said do whatever you can to get the Avengers together man I want this he made Cap's suit he wants the Avengers I think Coulson would have been okay with it I, sure, I truly believe Coulson would have been okay with it. He's Fury's right-hand man. He would have been all right with this. Iron Man zooms past smokestacks over New York towards Stark Tower. His suit is really messed up. So from the you know just previous encounter on the Quinjet, his suit is messed, nearly gone. It's, it's terrorized. <laughs> yeah, the test rack is spinning around in Selvig's d- device. Jarvis tells Tony that he has already shut down the reactor. So that means the device itself is sustainable. He tells Selvik to shut it down. And he says no, that it's trying to show them a new universe. He's, in, he's, he's completely mad right now. Completely swept up in this. Iron Man tries to blast it, but it doesn't work. Jarvis um, coldly tells him it's pure energy unbreachable uh vision uh, I, I can't even think of vision right now because this movie i it's so easy to get so swept up in this movie on its own and forget what's coming that it makes the future movies that much better uh but if you even think of the context of the later movies it's also great uh time for plan b he says jarvis says the mark 7 isn't ready for deployment yet and stark says to skip the spinning rims they are on the clock tony lands on his walkway overlooking the city he walks in as the suit is disassembled, and Loki stares at him down on the walkway below. Please tell me you're going to appeal to my humanity. Uh, Tony says he's actually planning on threatening him. He said, you should have left your armor on for that. Tony asks if Loki would like a drink, and Loki says stalling him won't make a difference. Uh, Tony says he's threatening. I think I, think I wrote that twice. Uh, the Shatari are coming. Nothing can change that. What have I to fear? The Avengers. <laughs> I think I try to say it like him. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a dream team. He doesn't say dream team. Sort of like a team. Earth's Mightiest Heroes type of thing. Uh, yes, I've met them. Loki, uh, you know, not very intimidated. It takes us a while to take uh, to get any traction. I'll give you that one. But let's do a head count here. Your brother, the demigod, the uh, super soldier, a living legend who kind of lives up to the legend. Um, this is when he's doing that thing again where he's, he is, um, you know, he's getting Loki's attention so he could put the cuff on his wrist so he can become Iron Man in a second. A man with 
breathtaking anger management issues, a couple of master assassins, and you, big fella, managed to piss off every single one of them. That was the plan, says Loki. Not a great plan. When they come, and they will, they'll come for you. I have an army. We have a Hulk. Uh, There's no throne. There's no version of this where you come out on top. Maybe your army will come. Maybe it's too much for us, but it's all on you. Because if we can't protect the Earth, you can be damn sure we'll avenge it. I think I just made this podcast so I could say my favorite lines from the Avengers movies. No, I didn't. Um, (laughs) I didn't know I was going to be covering the actual movies on here. Um, I didn't know, but I actually am so happy to be doing it. Um, How about that? How about that? Some of the greatest lines in all the movies are in this movie. Um, Loki isn't intimidated by Tony's talk, but I think it it rings in his mind forever afterwards because Loki later does replete, we have a Hulk. I mean, for him to say that, um, when he's being smashed by Hulk uh, later in this movie, and and then when he's like laying there on the ground, he must just be thinking when Tony says, "Ah, we have a Hulk. And he's like, I should have listened. Like... Man, Loki must forever think about that beating. That beating must have been the hardest beating he's ever taken. Smash, 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 smash. Ow, ow, ow. Like every bone in his body breaking. Like <laughs> I don't know. It's, I mean, that has to hurt. Loki says, how will your friends have time for me when they are so busy fighting you? And Loki tries to turn Tony by putting the spear in his heart. But he can't. Man, that would have been really, really bad for the Avengers. And... May have been the doom, like the, it would have been basically like the end of humanity there, I think. Loki says this, is, uh, this usually works, <laughs> and Stark says performance issues, and uh, Loki grabs him by the throat, throws him to the floor, uh, picks him up again and throws him out the window, and he says, you will all fall before me. Uh, Tony yells out, deploy, and just as he is about to hit the ground, we get another level of amazing suit up, like a level up. Every movie. Uh, a mid-air suit up just before hitting the ground. We get another, uh, every movie we get another awesome, different suit up from Iron Man. This is the Mark Seven. He flies back up to Loki and tells him there's another person he pissed off. His name is Phil, and he blasts Loki, and uh, he, he falls back. Everyone gets their licks in with Loki. At this moment, blue energy roars, roars from the sky, from the Tesseract, device it tears a blue hole in the sky uh leading into outer space the chitauri come falling through like bees out of a hive through to new york city dozens of chitauri fall out stark switches his his display to attack and he starts zooming up towards the portal um he goes into offensive the aliens open fire and iron man responds moving in and out of oncoming attacks flying up towards the alien portal Aliens open fire and Iron Man Iron Man just responds by boom, boom, sledding in and out, exploding in bombs of flame. Iron Man's just, you know, doing his Iron Man thing. Can you, I mean, you, you guys seen the movie, um, but I'm telling you about it. Iron Man uses this awesome missile shoulder thing, like, and it, and it takes out like 12 of them at once. I wonder if those missiles regenerate or he just used that awesome attack once and he can't use it again. New York is now starting out to become all-out chaos. People are fleeing uh, from the Shatari as they destroy city blocks, cars, uh, everything in sight. Loki, um, his armor, his, or- his horn 
helmet forming around him strides onto Iron Man's landing platform. He looks out over the city at the giant battle taking place. It's not really a battle at this point. It's more of an attack because it's just Iron Man uh, taking it on right now. And at this point, Thor lands in front of him. He tells Loki to turn off the Tesseract or he'll destroy it. He says, you can't. There's no stopping it. There's only the war. And you know, there is this like, there is this like sense of crazy eyes and Loki on this scene. They really embody it. Like there's like, he's up on the building. The sky is above him. The, the, the crazy aliens are falling below him. And like, there's this like really scary, like backdrop of, I'm going to kill humanity in me. Like, I don't trust Loki at all. Uh, Thor is so, like, dude, there's a war behind Loki right now, and he's trying to convince, like, this maniac. And uh, I don't know. I don't, Thor is so out of his element just trying to say, turn it off. Um, There's only the war. And, like, the the shot, the angle. Loki is such a good villain. So uh, so be it. so be it, says Thor. Loki pounces on Thor with his spear. This fight is like a trillion times better than the one we get in Thor. He blocks he blocks a hammer swipe by Thor, who then gets hit by an energy bolt. Thor attacks again, and the deflective blow destroys the R and K and the Stark logo on the tower. Hint, hint. Madness in the streets. Police speed towards the scene. The Avengers plane approaches. Iron Man asks if they stop for a uh, drive through on the way, uh, he says to swing up Park Avenue. I'm going to lay them out for you. Iron Man flies past the battle, still between Thor and Loki. Um, so, like, I just love these shots where one scene interacts with another. Um, some of the best, why I love these movies. Stark leads them on a chase through the streets. Hawkeye follows in the plane to take them out. Uh, He pulls the plane next to the tower where Loki and uh, Thor are still having it out. They are about to blast Loki with the plane's guns, but Loki blasts the plane with the scepter. Um, When Loki is distracted by this, Thor lunges at him. Then the plane starts to spin out of control. Thor and Loki are still in a crazy fist fight, and we see the plane land on the plaza. Cap, Widow, and Hawkeye get out on the street and look back up towards Stark Tower. Cap says they have to get back up there. Uh, They run back towards the center of the very familiar street in New York, which I'm sure many of you know the name of, and I should know. Uh, I think it is State. I think it might still be State, (laughs) Um, which which, which Iron Man just said, right? Or Park. I think it's Park. Um, Yes. And (laughs) they're just taken aback all of a sudden when they look at the portal by this giant flying serpent beast thing coming out of it. Uh, This thing's like a whale. Uh, It uh, knocks a statue down, and it flies right over their heads. They're shocked. Tons of warriors deploy off this thing. So it's not only just the beast. It's kind of like a... It's kind of like a boat for these these aliens. It's bringing, like, hundreds of more Shatari on top of it. Uh, taking people, they're jumping into buildings, taking people hostage. This feels overwhelming as an audience uh, because we don't have, the, the Avengers aren't unified yet. Cap asks Tony if he's seeing this, and he says he's seeing but still working on believing. Tony tells Jarvis that uh, he needs to find him a soft spot as he flies along the destroying buildings alongside one of the whale monsters. 
<laughs> I don't know what to call it. They never have a name for these things in all the Avengers. They're just giant whale, serpent, ugly flying monsters. Um, ugly alien, Chitari, fat, ugly serpent. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. These things are, these things are, uh, Iron Man gets PTSD from these things. Thor asks Loki if he thinks this madness will end in his rule. Loki tells him it is too late. And um, this is like, there's always these moments with Loki where you, where he is like so deep in his, in his like issues and his problems. Like he'll look at, he looks out at the war with Thor, like on top of the buildings at this moment when like Thor asked him this question, like Thor of course is still trying to get Loki to like turn his mind around here and like, like how, but how does Thor expect Loki to turn this around now? Um, and even Loki, but like this is the moment where Loki like does consider, okay, I could, but like it's too late. <laughs> it's too late. And Thor says, no, we can do this together. Uh, but no, Loki stabs Thor in the gut and uh, Thor kicks him, picks him up, throws him on the floor. Loki rolls over and falls onto a passing battle sled where he pretty much stays for the rest of the battle taking uh, taking on like Avengers and fighting um, on a lot, a lot of the rest of the battle. A squadron of sleds forms around Loki. Thor pulls out a knife and th- uh, pulls out the knife out of his gut that Loki put um, and throws it away. Cap, Black Widow, and Hawkeye take cover to Loki and his group blowing up a whole city block of vehicles. Alien warriors drop down onto the street. Um, Cap asks Hawkeye if he thinks he can hold them off. He says, Captain, it would be my genuine pleasure. Hawkeye shoots one in the face. Black Widow fires. Cap jumps on a bus, flips over an exploding car. Black Widow and Hawkeye are firing together, and she says, just like Budapest. Uh, He says, you and I remember Budapest very differently. Um, Me and TJ are going to discuss this a little bit in our after segment. Uh, Captain America leaps along the devastated street. Great shot. The police fire up at aliens. One tells another it's going to take an hour an hour just for the National Guard to come. And he's like, does the army know what's happening here? Uh, He's like, do we know what's happening here? Uh, Cap lands in front of them. He says, you need to get men in these buildings. There are people inside, uh, and they're going to be running uh, right into the line of fire. You need to take take them to basements and get them through the subway. Uh, you need to keep them off the streets. I need a perimeter back as far as 39th. And the cop is like, why the hell should I take orders from you? Cap blocks a blast with his shield, bats one alien away with it, then blocks a point-blank assault punching one of the aliens in the face. He grabs one of their weapons and punches the Shatari, flinging it over the block. Before Cap can even look up, that cop turns right around and repeats Cap's orders. Iron Man turns a corner and attacks the giant monster with a cluster of bombs. He says he has its attention. What's step two? Barton and Natasha are fighting. Barton puts arrows in its chest. Uh, Natasha takes on two Shatari with their own spear. She shoots one of them with, with it as well. Cap swoops into the fray and he helps, but they are just getting overwhelmed. Lightning strikes down and starts attacking the wave. Thor is also in the fray. Uh, He lets Cap know that they can't get the cube and they have to keep fighting. As Cap starts to give orders, a bike starts to approach. It's Bruce Banner. He says, all this seems horrible. Uh, Nat says she's seen worse, and Bruce apologizes. Now, we we could use a little worse. 
Cap lets uh, Tony know that Banner came, just like he said. And then he says, tell him to suit up. I'm bringing the party to you. Widow says she doesn't see how that's a party, and Iron Man weaves the giant beast towards their position, the whale weaving tentacle. He's not tentacle, uh, serpentine thing. The, the, the whale thing. You know, It's just giant, and it's going hitting every building, going right towards them. Captain says... Dr. Banner, now it might be a good time for you to get angry. And he says, that's my secret, Captain. I'm always angry. He transforms immediately into the Hulk and turns around, smashes the monster on the nose and digs into it to stop. The monster flips over like top-wise like a building and the armor comes apart on top of it. Iron Man explodes it so it doesn't like fall on top of them. Aliens roar in anger from the sides of the building. Uh, buildings and Iron Man lands in the circle with the other Avengers. We get the iconic shot. Okay, I'm not going to do it. Even more shit. I did though. And the giant whale serpent beast uh, fall through the sky like the portal. There's more war to come. Stark, call it, Captain. Uh, that's what Stark says. Until we can close that portal, our priority is containment. Barton, I want you on that roof. Eyes on everything. Call out patterns and strays. Stark, you got the perimeter. Anything that gets three blocks out, you turn it to, you turn it back or you turn it to ash. Hawkeye asks Iron Man for a lift. Better clench up, Legolas. <laughs> I love that line so much. Thor, you got to try and get uh, bottleneck that portal. Slow them down. You got the lightning. Light them, ba- light them bastards up. <laughs> love it. Thor takes off with purpose. Uh, Cap tells Nat that they'll keep fighting there. Hold it down. And Hulk, smash. Uh, He gives him one very good look, and oh, oh, does he ever. He jumps from building to building, cracking Shatari skulls uh, all over the place. Thor goes to the top of a skyscraper and holds his hammer up. Clouds gather. The whole building is engulfed in lightning. Thor retracts to the uh, portal in the sky, the lightning, and it takes out so many of the oncoming Chitauri and at least two of the giant beasts as they blow up. Agent Hill tells Fury that the council is on. Hawkeye tells Tony that he's got a lot of strays on his tail. He tells him that they can't bank worth a damn, so try to find a tight corner. Iron Man flies past Hawkeye. He shoots... uh, Hawkeye shoots one down uh, without even looking. (laughs) Iron Man makes... Iron Man takes them around a tight corner, just like Hawkeye suggested, and they can't, uh, just like he said, bank. And they crash so much. Like, somebody even just crashes there, running through these tight streets. Iron Man leads more into a tunnel, and a Shatari loses control and rolls around the street. A lot of them crash. Iron Man tells Hawkeye, nice call. What else you got? Thor's taking a squadron down on six, and uh, you didn't invite me? Hulk rampages through an office, to leap onto one of the giant serpent beasts. He yanks at its jaw. Like, man, this Hulk is just fierce. Um, Cap and Nat run into each other on the field. Uh, Cap, none of this is going to mean a damn thing if we don't close that portal. Uh, so Nat wants to get Nat wants to get up on one of the like the sleds, and she needs a boost. Cap lifts her with his shield, and she jumps up on one of the sleds. So she gets on a Shatari's back and manipulates it 
to drive at her will. She passes Iron Man and in this continuous shots, one of my favorites in the series. He smashes through aliens like bowling pins onto the ground to meet Cap. He fires at his shield. He deflects the rays, taking down a group of invaders. Iron Man blasts back into the air, knocking aliens off of a building as they climb down towards Barton, who's perched on a ledge. He shoots an invader at Point Blake range, then shoots past Hulk and Thor, fighting side by side on a, a giant monster. Hulk puts a piece of metal in it, and Thor smashes it down. It crashes down in a Grand Central Station. All in one shot. Thor and Hulk stand together. Hulk smashes Thor because he has nothing else to smash. Um, iconic. Selvig comes to the top of Stark Tower. Comes to like you know, and uh, like he he sees what's happening. The war, um, what he's done. Uh, maybe a little too late, uh, but it's not his fault technically. But boy, oh boy, did he he cause some trouble. Uh, he looks very confused. Uh, troops finally start to arrive. The army maybe starts to realize what's happening. <laughs> Cap goes to a bank and gets there just in time to stop a bomb uh, from going off. The council lets Fury know that they've made a decision and that the island of Manhattan is going to be uh, pretty much eliminated by a bomb. And uh, Fury says that's that's not going to happen. Um, if we don't hold them, uh, if we don't hold them here, we lose everything. Is what the council's saying. And he says, if I send that bird out, we already have. Uh, Loki is on Natasha tail fire uh, Natasha's tail firing at her she asks Hawkeye for help he fires an arrow directly at Loki who catches it and grins he's like so proud of that uh, but he doesn't realize it's an explosive arrow and he bombs and he goes crashing back into Stark Tower knocking off the first two letters Nat falls off the sled and onto the roof as well um, maybe more purposely to follow him. Uh, Hulk jumps into the fight, smashing Loki across the penthouse. Um, he, he literally, this is what I'm talking about. Like, I don't think, I don't think Loki ever forget this. He starts to yell at Hulk and uh, tell him he's a God before he could get finished calling him a dull creature. Hulk topples him and smashes him all over the room. Relentlessly puny God on the roof. Nat approaches the generator. Selvik says he's built a safety net to cut the power source. The, uh, the scepter, which is a floor below them by the penthouse, uh, is what will do it. Iron Man approaches another giant beast. Jarvis, have you ever heard of the tale of Jonah? And he goes right through it and destroys it. Hulk is surrounded by battle sleds, at least dozens. Uh, they barrage him with fire. Everything's looking duller and duller. Uh, on a Quinjet, a fighter jet takes off without Fury's command. He takes uh, and shoots a rocket and stops it, but then another one takes off. He draws a pistol, but it's too late. Fury radios Tony and tells him that there's a missile headed straight for the city. Tony is getting hit on the head and bombarded by aliens as he's hearing this. Fury tells him he has three minutes. Uh, Tony tells Jarvis to put everything he's got into his thrusters. Uh, The missile is launched. In slow motion, Thor's hammer and Cap's shield return to them. Really great shots. Thor helps Cap back to his feet and asks him if he's ready for another bout. Cap is so worn, but he keeps going. Uh, Black Widow says she can close it, which is kind of funny. Like, why would she ever? Like, I feel like she would just instantly do it. Like, I I don't know. If she heard the missile was coming. She can shut the portal down. Uh, Iron Man realizes where he can take the missile, though, and he says to wait. He's trying to call Pepper, uh, but she's just terrified watching the news on TV. Iron Man flies the missile down the street, the main street, I'm guessing uh, 
that same street they've been fighting on the whole time. Everyone in sh- uh, the Shield Center watches. Everyone on the street watches. On TV watches. Iron Man flies the missile through the portal. Everyone celebrates. He just disappears. Now we see Iron Man in space. He lets go of the missile, which slowly flies towards the Shatari mothership. Um, explodes, massive explosion. It disables all the Shatari and their giant monsters. They all just fall dead on the ground. Everyone at S.H.I.E.L.D. celebrates. Uh, the Avengers look up to see if Tony will fall through, and uh, they close it just in time for him, too. But he's free-falling unconsciously. Um, we hear this music playing as he's going up with the rocket that we do hear again in Avengers Endgame when he's going for the gauntlet uh, against Thanos. And it's the same exact song um, as when he's lifting the rocket through the portal. Very, very good um, good reference later on to that. I know we didn't bring in too many references today. Or maybe I did. I don't know. I'm enjoying talking about this freaking movie right now. I'm just appreciating it. Uh <laughs> Um, so he's free falling unconscious and Hulk catches him and saves him. Thor rips off Iron Man's faceplate and he looks very, very dead. Uh, even his like chest, his chest light is off. Thor and Cap and Hulk stare down. The Hulk screams and it wakes him up. Stark suggests shawarma. Ask if anyone's heard of it. <laughs> Loki crawls across the floor of the penthouse. He turns around to find all the Avengers standing over him. I love this. He says, if it's all the same to you, I think I'll have that drink now. Um, this is kind of where we we will jump into the Loki series. Like We'll get that alternate scene in Endgame where we go downstairs and... Um, you know, alternate timeline, endgame time. Tra- uh, Tony's travel travels to and messes up, and the test rack gets in this Loki's hands. Loki goes downstairs, and he gets away with the test rack and goes away. This Loki at this moment, imagine this. Okay, like this is the, this is the story. Loki crawls across the floor of the penthouse. He turns around to find all the Avengers standing over him. Uh, if it's all the same to you, I'll have that drink now. Um, they lead Loki downstairs. Uh, they're escorting him out. You know, everyone's getting, there's so much press. They just saved New York City. Um, all of a sudden, like, Tony Stark just has, like, a heart attack. Uh, like, because, probably because, like, I don't know, he just, everyone thinks most likely because of the giant battle they did. Um, it, it, it would make sense. And nobody's questioning that. But it's really because Ant-Man, right? But, like, so, all of a sudden, just Loki... All they know is the Tesseract's gone and Loki's gone. <laughs> and that's Loki gets away with the Tesseract. It's pretty much from the Avengers' perspective, everything's just lost again. Like everything, but they, 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 they know that their city's destroyed. They won the battle, but like the war is still possibly like on the horizon. Um, that's, that's where, so I don't know, man. That, that's, that's scary uh, in terms of like where that Loki is with that Tesseract. Okay, so news across New York City uh, celebrates the Avengers. Paintings of Hulk, Thor, Iron Man, Cap. Thor escorts Loki in cuffs with a tesseract and a containment canister. Fury explains to the council council that he can't uh, that he let Thor uh, take the tesseract and Loki back to Asgard. Um, the Avengers are dangerous. The whole world knows it. And every world knows it. And they ask, is that what the what the point of this was? A statement? And he says, a promise. He'll ask, if, uh, what if we get in this situation again? Uh, what will happen? He says, Fury says, they'll come back. 
She asks why. Uh, why? And uh, Fury says, because we'll need them to. Uh, Tony and Pepper are at the new Stark Tower. Only the A remains. So now it is Avengers Tower. And that is insanely cool. Um, our post credit scenes for this movie, we got the first vision of Thanos and... It says, the humans are not cowering wretches we were promised. They are unruly and therefore cannot be ruled. To challenge them is to court death. Okay. Very, very cool. Uh, but Thanos does not look like he does now. And the final, final post post credit scene, the infamous shawarma scene. Silent, the Avengers are in a restaurant eating shawarma after the battle in New York, just like Stark suggested. Uh, it was worth the wait to watch this one because it's hilarious and... I don't know. This was one of the greatest movies I had ever seen in theaters. Uh, most superhero fan movies. I, I freaking love this movie. Um, I really enjoyed reviewing this with you today. Um, this has been my pleasure. I'm not going to keep you much longer. This has been the longest episode of Marvel Maniac. Uh, my name is Eric Cicada, a.k.a. Mr. Honest. We are going to be back with you Wednesday for Loki. Um, there will be another post-Avengers after-after show between now and then uh, with my good friends TJ Galuli and Dustin Baker. Uh, we're going to be talking about the Avengers a little bit more, what their thoughts are on it. And our after show for Loki on Wednesday. We are so stoked to be Marvel Maniacs and to have you here with us. Thank you for listening to our Marvel Phase 1 rewatch. You are a Marvel Maniac. I'm a Marvel Maniac. If you enjoy the show uh, and want to share your thoughts, we are at marvelmaniacpod at gmail.com. You can reach us at marvelmaniacpod on Twitter. All donations would go to Mr. Honest Podcast at gmail.com on PayPal. This is just the beginning for Marvel, and I can't see where it goes. In Phase 4, we will see you Wednesday for Loki. And until then, Avengers, disassemble.